I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind in the business Got me stressed in the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd Has got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Red Room. Ah, uh, yeah. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest. And you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Where we keep it street, we keep it opinionated, and we keep it what? 2015. How come I don't hear you say that? I was taking a br- I was like debating. I'm about to no, no. Somebody I was I was putting my phone aside. And I was debating do I have time to I'm get about one to more shit? Wig up in you know here. what? <laughs> I'm here. Every <laughs> fucking week, Carlito. You have no idea. You do the drama all the time. It's been like you, a year and a half, Carlito. A year and a half. This bitch right here. Let me tell you. <laughs> wow. I see. I was debating, like, do I have Early. time in between to grab one more Dorito chip? <laughs> Anywho. But I do not. Yes, it is I. I'm here. Hello. So. How's it going? <laughs> it's your boy, Hilliard Guest. You guys are listening to The Rant Room. So on the show, we discuss entertainment. TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So y'all here, yep. Little Miss Late, yep. Lisa Bolakaja. That's right. We call her the street nerdist, Carlita. Mm-hmm. Why we call you that? Well, because being the <laughs> street nerdist. looking at nerdist, you like you short. You the street nerdist about? is this, because <laughs> in certain situations, I can get real gully with it, mm-hmm. you know, but when I need to, I will bring the academic side. <laughs> I will hook Jekyll you up. Jekyll and Hyde cousin. See, that's I will like is. bring it to you any way you want it. Mm-hmm. Any way you want it. Mm-hmm. That's dope. That's why. I by the by the way, Carlito, uh, your girl over here, her feet was just moving like this to the beat of my song oh, yeah, right there, yeah, my yeah, theme yeah. song. That's all you. Yeah, that song is <laughs> hot. We need to talk about that song. That's not bad, that's huh? That's, nah, that song is hot. It kind of makes you go like this. That's yeah. a rap about writing. See? Exactly. See? Yeah. See? That's what y'all need on Empire. That's y'all need some real know. shit. I know. I know. And you also have seen Carlito's face because he was like, did he say writing? We're not talking about the club. We don't always. Always gotta talk about the club <laughs> we don't and Crystal and everything else. Sometimes right, it could be right. about screenwriting. That's right. It can be right. about writing people. That's, that's okay. my boy Jack Spade. He's a rapper out there from Atlanta. That's right. <clears throat> um, anyway, so <laughs> fuck it. Y'all know how we do it. On yes, Red right. Room. We fuck also up. got my man Kevin Killebrew sitting in with us again. Hello, audience. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, Kevin's a big uh, voiceover artist. He does all kinds of shit. So you've heard right. him all over the time, Absolutely. all over the place. Mm-hmm. And um, so, look, if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get in. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so today, guys, we got a kick ass, kick ass, kick ass. <laughs> that was tight, wasn't it? <laughs> He's like, oh, he got re- he got bars. Look at him. What's <laughs> this kind of power? Exactly. I told you, we silly. I apologize ahead of time, Carter. <laughs> no, we, we, we try to be all We try to be in our best behavior. Exactly. We, we do actually do have class. Just <laughs> want you to know that. We got to do a cross collabo with uh, Combat Jack. Nope. Get right. that going on. All right. Let's get it. Let's yeah. get it. So we got my man Carlito Machete here. You guys, writer. 
You producer now, producer. We call you producer. Yeah, um, I, I produced a bunch of stuff for BET definitely. and Pass and definitely. TV and those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, former um, music editor, all kind of shit, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. My man has done a lot. Um, so you guys know him. You guys heard him. <laughs> Pimp dog himself. Carlito but the, Machete, y'all. But the class, the awesome last name. Doesn't it? Like, so you say Machete, he's like, I just want to wreck shit now. So How do you say it in Spanish? How do you say it? Machete. 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 I'm, machete. I'm, machete. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking it up. <laughs> no. Machete. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I love it. That's what's up. That's what's up. So, Carlito, let's tell the kids, like, where you're from, how you got into the game, and let's, let's hear the story. So, because you guys are going to learn a lot of cool shit. Um, um, Carlito is currently uh, a writer on Empire. Um, last season you were on The Leftovers. Mm-hmm. That fucking show right mm-hmm. there. We really gonna go in on that. We gonna go in on it all. Mm-hmm. But um, so let's just tell the kids a little bit of your background. If you okay, know. so I'm originally from the Bronx. Uh, my group, the boogie I down Bronx. Yeah. You hear that accent? A no real doubt. Bronx person. <laughs> Let him talk. No okay, Damn I can't When I hear, when I hear the realness, I have to, I have to like pay respect. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, shut up. Shut I'm up from there. the Bronx. Mm-hmm. I grew up, uh, you know, uh, on the concourse. You know, shouts to the BX. Mm-hmm. And um, I, uh, I, I, I got to claim uh, Miami and Philly because they were very like instrumental in me growing up. Sure. My mom's died when I was kind of young, and so I hopped around a lot between uh, New York, Miami, and Philly. Uh-huh. Like all, all the I'm working on. Mm-hmm. I need some better oh, well, to talk okay. to. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like I hopped around and I during during my um my uh, high school years, mm-hmm. and I had always been you know like always I, I'd always been like a like a closet nerd kind of kid you mm-hmm. know all of us um, yeah basically you know <laughs> you grow up in a certain kind of time and place and you know you don't necessarily have to be the super hard rock dude who's getting mm-hmm. in trouble with the teachers mm-hmm. but. You grow up in a certain environment, certain neighborhood, you got to fight. Like, if it comes your way, you can't just, mm-hmm. you can't be that guy who doesn't fight. It's just not a good look. No. Mm-hmm. So, all that is to say that I was always really creative. I used to draw comics, and then I got into graffiti. Mm-hmm. I used to rap. I used to break a little bit. Oh, then, wait, wait, wait. Did he say he used to rap? Yeah, I, I, used to, Did he say I used to, I used to rap. I used to get graffiti. <laughs> like, yeah. Graffiti like Fab Five Freddy. Yeah, like, <laughs> in the tunnels, oh, breathing. How, how, how you gonna say he rap? Oh, how you gonna say he rap and ain't gonna give us no bars? Oh, I can give you one if you want. Give us some. Oh. Give us some. Oh. I mean, you can we save <laughs> it? For yeah, later? yeah, I'll save it for later. Don't forget. Yeah, I can, don't forget though. Yeah, I can. I can at least don't forget. Can, um, okay. Best spit that rhyme. <laughs> I, I can. Yeah, I can. We can play around with that. <laughs> right, in, in a second. <laughs> so so yeah so like I hopped around a lot and then uh, I went to Philly to finish high school. Because um, I was fucking up all over the place, and I went to I went to Philly, <laughs> mm-hmm. and when I was in Philly, I wound up staying there, like you know, just for whatever like circumstances, I wound up staying in Philly mm-hmm. for about five years, and uh, I got in some trouble, mm-hmm. and uh, I went to prison for really? like five years. Yeah, okay. I was in the feds for like five years, and when it was time to get out, it was time to come home. I decided I wanted to move back to New York just because. You know, New York for me had always been home right. as, as many times as I have to Philly and mm-hmm. Miami. My pop's been in Miami since the 70s. Mm-hmm. So I just went back to New York. And um, when I got back to New York, a couple of my friends had been making moves. Before I went to prison, one of, one of my boys and I, two of my boys and I had started a comic strip. Um, and we pitched it to the Source magazine when they were mm. brand new. It was called View from the Underground. Yeah. And they bought it. Yeah. So, you know, we were doing that strip right as I was going into prison. So for the five years I was in, the four and a half or whatever it was that I, that I wound up serving off the five, the comic strip had a little following, mm-hmm. but the source went through this weird upheaval 
And uh, they changed, like, editorial leadership and what mm-hmm. have you. Mm-hmm. And they discontinued the strip. So when I got out, I still had a couple of contacts at the right. source, but not very many. Anyway, long story short, um, I met an intern there, my man Riggs Morales, who mm. nowadays is a VP of A&R for Atlantic Records. Yeah, okay. But he was like a 17-year-old kid interning at the source, Dominican, Puerto Rican kid from the Heights. Hey, Dominicanos. <laughs> Hello, people. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so my man Riggs introduced me to Selwyn Hines, mm-hmm. who was the, at the time, Selwyn was the music editor. He was the music editor. Um, and... Uh, like the reason I wanted to make the connect, honestly, is because I needed to make a little extra bread. Mm-hmm. I was just out of prison. I was going to college, and uh, and I said to Riggs, "Yo, introduce me to your music editor because I got to make some money." And I I think you know I know this hip hop shit. Like this mm-hmm. is I live it, right? And um, you know I think I could write a little bit maybe. Um, and the reason I had the batteries in my back, the reason I had believed that I can write, is because I had an English professor at Lehman College in the Bronx. Uh, Mr. Mr. Paris Condola shouts to him because that's my man mm-hmm. to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leo Paris Condola, he used to make us keep a journal. This is English 102, I think it was. He used to make us keep a journal, right? And he was like, "I'm not going to grade it, but I just mm-hmm. want to see your thought process." Right. And so, so as I'm turning in this journal every week or whatever, like three, four weeks in, he pulls me to the side and he says, "Carlito, listen, uh, I got a question. Do you consider yourself a writer?" And I was like. No, nah, not really. Because to me, at the time, mm-hmm. to call yourself a writer was like a declaration. Like, mm-hmm. you got to, you gotta, I always say, you got to throw this big ass W on your chest with a K. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like, and like declare to the world, right, yo, right, I'm a writer, yo. Right. And mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I could measure up to that. You know, mm-hmm. there were writers in, uh, in uh, the Village Voice that I would, that I would look up to. Mm-hmm. At the time, the, no diss, but at the time, the only writer at the source that I dug was Selwyn, my boy Selwyn. Mm-hmm. I didn't know him, but like, I dug his stuff. A couple other writers here and there. Um, and I was like, ah, I'm not that. I'm not that mm-hmm. person. Um, so, no, I don't consider myself a writer. And he said, well, you know what? You have a voice and it's, and it's unique and et cetera, et cetera. From this moment on, you should consider yourself a writer. Mm. So I went home that afternoon like, wow, okay, that's, that's ill, mm-hmm. you know? Because I never wanted to admit to anybody, hey, secretly, I'm like writing right. stuff, y'all. <laughs> Even though I had been emceeing for the better part of 10, Which 12 years. Which is a writer anyway. Right. You know what I'm saying? But so a lot of times, like stories. you said, a lot of times we don't recognize yeah, that. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't yeah. recognize yeah. that. Right. I, I had been writing my own little comic books since I was like in the fourth or fifth grade. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm not thinking that that's a that's discipline. That's your cousin out there. Like writing. <laughs> yeah. Same thing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was, right. it was, you know, it was like this, like this light bulb. Like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So later on that night, I was hanging out with my boy Toxic, a uh, uh, legendary graffiti writer, mm. my, my, my brother Toxic, and we're hanging out at some party at the Low East Side. It was like right around there where New York Cafe is. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm fucking up, man, because I forget this gentleman's name, but we were in somebody's house, one of those old school, like basement level apartments in New York mm-hmm. that's like the entire, like the apartment is basically the run of the fucking building. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. so it's like 18 rooms down right, there, and right. one room is crazy hot because it's next yeah. to the boiler, the other room is freezing cold. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> We were hanging out with some people there, you know, and it was very like bohemian-ish, right. kind of like mm-hmm. like creative, mm-hmm. literary. Mm-hmm. And I'm having this conversation with this older gentleman, this this uh, this brother. He was older, probably in his sixties at the time, and he was blind, right? Mm-hmm. And we're kicking it, kicking it, and I'm fucking up because I forget his name. But he used to hang out with Last Poets. He used to hang oh, out really? with Bill Scott Heron oh, and those right. guys. You know, in the mm-hmm. '60s, that was his crew. He was a writer as well, and I think a jazz musician. Okay. 
um, I'm an idiot. Somebody will listen to the podcast. And be like, <laughs> hey, yeah. You talking yeah. about so and so? He's a yeah. legend, like right? Right, right, right. Anyway, the point is when the night was over, um, we're all saying goodbye, whatever. And then, and then the gentleman says to me, and, and remember, this is the same day mm-hmm. that afternoon that the professor was like, "You should consider yourself a writer." And as we're all saying bye, he goes, "Carlito, it was really great to meet you, young brother." Blah blah blah. He goes, "Listen, man, how long you been writing?" And I was like, uh, how did you know I was a writer? Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, man, you sound like a writer. You talk like a writer, brother. Stand like, if voice. you're not writing, yeah. you need to blah, blah, blah. And right. I was like, Ugh. So I was on the subway going home that day like, <laughs> like, whoa, what the fuck is going on? Like, uh-huh. like you know, like a little paranoid right. about, okay, so the universe is guiding me a certain way. And uh, and real talk, like after that, I just never looked back. Like I was like, all right, fuck it. So there it is. There's, right. There's yeah. the W I'm on my putting on this cake. Yeah, let me yeah. do it. Let me do it. Yeah. And shortly after that is when I connected with Selwyn at the source, and he gave me a couple of assignments. And then um, and then like what type of stuff were you doing back then? Like what? Back then it was just like music reviews. You mm-hmm. know, like I was like, ah, I know hip hop a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. I think I could write a little bit. Throw me some stuff to review. Mm-hmm. How many mics this one gets? Like, <laughs> man, y'all was brutal back in the yeah, day. Yeah, like, well, you man. know, when you well, here's the thing Oof. with the source. I mean, I don't know how they do it now, but back then it was like, if you're a freelancer, you're not gonna vote on the mics. Like that's just mind squad. Yeah. That's just yeah. that's just the staff. Yeah, you know? sure, sure. Um, and I think that I, if I'm not mistaken, the very first thing I wrote for the source was. It was one of two things. It was either a review of a Wu Tang single called Wu Wear. I'm aging myself, y'all. I was, I, was, I was doing this when I was 12 years old. Right? He was really young. So, 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 it was, so it was either that or it was, a, it was a single by this group out of LA, these Latino brothers, man. Mm-hmm. Damn, I forgot their name. But they had this dope ass song with like these trumpets in it. Mm. It was either one of those two. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I did that and it was cool. And then, uh, then I just started getting more burn, more love. And it just so happens that at the time I was working at the American Red Cross, mm. right on 66th and whatever in Amsterdam, right on Amsterdam Ave. And I was working at the Red Cross, and and uh, that was my day job. Mm-hmm. And I had to wear a tie. I remember, I had to wear a tie. Mm. And one day someone goes, yo, I want to give you a feature, man. I think you're ready. I'm going to give you a feature assignment. Mm-hmm. I said, bet, who is it? It's Mob Deep. And I was like, all right, bet, oh, cool. Man. So let me go Mob hang out. Deep. Yeah. So let me go hang out with Mob Deep at Battery Studios after I get out of work. I remember I, I showed up to, uh, to the studio, and they all there with their, their crew, whatever. And I'm, I walk in with this fucking tie. <laughs> and I was like, nah, man, this ain't going to work. So I was like, pardon me one second, fellas. So I dip into the bathroom, take the tie off, throw the throw the, the uptowns on, you know. <laughs> and then uh, um uptowns, by the way, I don't know if it's a New York thing, but uptowns yeah, are Air it. Force Ones. They yeah. ones. Y- y'all yeah. know that. Come yeah. on. Mm-hmm. And so so I go and kick it with them, and you know, there was a brother there named uh Sean C, right? Mm-hmm. Sean Kane, that's my man, 50 grand, but I had just met him. Mm-hmm. Sean was an assistant AR at Loud Records. Right, wow. an assistant A and R at Loud Records, Records. and oh. he—I know—we going back, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he goes to me, you know, we're like on the side as I'm waiting to do the interview with Havoc or Prodigy, whichever mm-hmm. one, and uh, we start catching up with, you know, <laughs> getting to know each other. And I'm telling him hi. I just got out of prison, you know, a few months back. I was, oh, that's crazy, blah blah. He knows a couple of my dudes and vice versa. And then uh, I say to him, so what do you do, like besides this? And he goes, I. I got this job with the housing authority in New York. You know, there's a lot of projects mm-hmm. in New York. So housing. I got a job with housing, man, doing maintenance. Mm-hmm. But I just, excuse me, but I just quit that last week. I said, why'd you quit? Mm. 
yo, man, that's not that's not me, man. That's not my life, man. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not what I want to do, man. I'm Music is my life. Mm-hmm. And I want to really pursue this A&R thing, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Lido, man. I just feel like sometimes you have to burn a bridge in order to prevent to yourself from going backwards, yeah. right? Yeah. And I was like, yo. And the next day, I went to the Red Cross and right there typed up a letter of resignation. <laughs> he you did go, it on day premises and shit. Wait, 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 wait. Did and you have some money saved? <laughs> nah, real talk, nah. He was nah, like, nah, 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 nah. I'm out. <laughs> nah, nah, I did not. You know oh, what? Man. And 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 we can we could delve into this side of the conversation sure. later on. Yeah. But you know, like I went to prison for hustling, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm very good at that. Like mm-hmm. I know what I'm doing when right. it comes to that. Mm-hmm. So when I got out. Anytime, anytime the struggle became really real, I'd be lying to y'all if mm-hmm. I didn't have that as an option. Like in my mm-hmm. mental list of like, okay, right. now I'm going to get myself out this right. jam. Mm-hmm. So what I've tried to do since then, knock on wood, is just create more, create more options. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, right. like create more resources mm-hmm. so that that. That so it's not an easy way to right. get at the bottom right. of the yeah. list. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. I got a lot of branches to hit mm-hmm. before I get to even considering that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to front and say I haven't come close. You know, it's been times where I'm like, yo, man, this is not it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, for example, I have a brother, you know, he, you know, thankfully he's he's good now. But I have a brother who it's weird. It's like. It's like I had spent five years in Philly. He stayed in New York. Mm-hmm. So for five years, we are more or less separated, just keeping in touch here, there. While I was, while I was, um, then I go to prison. While I was in prison, he became a huge drug dealer. Like Man. he was just wow. murdering the game. Mm. Not literally murder. <laughs> <laughs> just a drug Metaphorical speaking. Yes. Yeah, yes. Metaphors, people. Yeah, so, he, so he was doing this thing out of state. Like we say in New York, he was doing this thing out of state, OT. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I got out, you know, I'm I'm kind of like chasing my dream. I'm in, I'm in my little bit of struggle here, there, trying to keep the money flowing without going back to that. But sure. I'm in college, and I'm like, you know, I went back to college to kind of like learn how to learn. So I'm I'm like, you know, doing my thing, okay. But whenever the struggle would get real, he would come around and be like, "Yo, come on, let me take you shopping. Let me do this. Let me do that." Mm-hmm. And one day he looked at me and was like, "Yo, little bro, like listen," or or you know, Dominican speak, "Oh, your manito, esto lo que es," and he would be like, "Look, man." You can come with me to so-and-so state right now, so-and-so state right now, and I could just hit you off with like 10 stacks a week just mm-hmm. for holding me down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just to do nothing but hold me down. Mm-hmm. And um, that, that's relatively easy money. Right. Because, you know, as boring as it sounds, mm-hmm. the, the, the game doesn't have to be what you see on TV. Like, right. it's not 80 dudes with machine guns oh. coming <laughs> to a deal with pop the trunk. Right. You, you gotta got to keep it low profile. Right. Briefcase. Right. It ain't that bullshit. Right. It's no. going to a McDonald's was good because... Here's the keys. Here's the keys. Holler at you later. It's right. boring. It's boring right. TV, right? Right. 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 Yeah. So, it, so it would have been easy money. And then he looked at me and was like, "But I can't do that to you, man. Because if anything happens to you, I'm gonna feel." And I was like, "Well, I don't want to do that either." Right. Damn, Nine months so after I get out, he gets bagged. So wow. now he went to do five years. So it was like almost ten years that me and my brother didn't really get to like interact. You know? Right. Um. Anyway, I bring that up because. Working on Empire with a character like Cookie Lion, mm-hmm. who did 17 years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and just like my own life and my friends' lives, like one of the things they tell you when you get out and you're on supervised release for the feds or you're on parole for the state, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to associate with known felons. Uh, felons you're yeah. not allowed to do right. none of that, right? Yeah. But here's the deal, though. If you haven't been to prison or any kind of like environment like that, mm-hmm. oddly enough, um, to an extent, uh, 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 
military vets who've seen combat, right. it's it's somewhat similar because you develop a PTSD. Oh, and I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. I didn't know that until, you know, like like recently. Right. And right. I've been home a while. Like, I didn't know that, that mm-hmm. there was a PTSD involved. Simple shit. Like, if you want, like if I'm fresh out and you and I are talking and somebody walks behind me with, like, jingling keys, mm-hmm. uh, just jingling their fucking car keys. Like, I'm turning around because mm-hmm. I'm thinking there's a CO behind right, me. Right. Like, little shit like that. Right, mm-hmm. right. Like, to this day, I have a hard time eating at, like, buffets where you got to hold a fucking tray and, yeah. like, that shit yeah. is like, ah, yeah. like, yeah. fuck that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. <laughs> this institution, yeah. you know, like, this institutionalization yeah. of, like, you know. Yeah. Um, so, the, the, the thing that I learned and I had to keep it on the low low is um, that the only people that could understand where I was coming from mentally, even though I wasn't self-aware enough to go, damn, I'm fucked up up here. Mm-hmm. Even though I didn't understand it, I knew something was off because, case in point, three weeks out, I went to a party. Matter of fact, matter of fact, I remember this. It was still at the Palladium when the Palladium was still there in yeah. New York. Now it's like housing for NYU, right? right. right? Um, <laughs> I know it's crazy. Wow. I went to a party, and it was the, it was the it was like the performance after party for the premiere of the show. You remember the documentary, mm-hmm. the show mm-hmm. yeah, 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 that yeah. Russell yeah. Simmons had? Yeah. Yeah. So it was uh-huh. it was the after. I'm dating myself again. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, I was two. I was two years old. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Eight years old, and they snuck me in. So I went to the I went to the party for that screening, and um, and it was a great time. I was with my boy Tramp. You know, he's like one of my best friends. I'll tell you a short story about him later. Sure. But like, I'm there and I'm feeling great, and I'm out maybe three months, maybe I mean three weeks, maybe a month. I wasn't out long at all, and I should have been feeling great. Mm-hmm. And the crowd, I remember Channel Live at the time was performing. Mm. They were performing with, with KRS-One. And the crowd is doing this with the hands. Yeah. And they, yeah, yeah, throw your hands in the air. And everybody feeling good. And I should have been feeling great. And I could not help thinking. Like, my eyes got really watery. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't help thinking that, uh, now I'm kind of bugging out fucking remembering this. But I couldn't help thinking. Like, I felt like I left a bunch of my friends back in prison, like in a burning oh, building. Mm-hmm. A little guilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. survivor's yeah, guilt. Yeah. I learned right. later on yeah. is that. Right. And to me, it felt like, damn, man, I don't deserve to be here. That's right. fucked up. Like, right. you know, they should be here with me, mm-hmm. some, of my, some of my friends. Mm-hmm. And so nobody could understand that but people who have been, been in been prison. Yeah. And to this day, like, like some of my closest friends are people that I met in prison. But here's the thing, though. None of them were knuckleheads. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we, were make, we made sure we were there for each other. Like, right. if, it got, if the struggle got crazy for you, yo, man, before you do something stupid, here's a couple hundred bucks. Let's, let's figure this out, man. Right. I don't need you back in there. Right. You know what right. I mean? Right. Or like, when I, got, when I got to the source and started, like, my little climb, yo, as much as I could. <laughs> like, even doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, I would even say, for example, I know, I know, I know the struggle is not going so well for you but you're not a writer mm-hmm. fuck that here's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna get one of these little intern dudes mm-hmm. who we don't pay separate for shit like that one of these little assistants do this little do this little uh, uh, interview with rapper so and so or write this review or I do it myself and fucking cut the check to you so here's a little 300 bucks in your pocket right. all of a sudden your name is in the source right. one, of, one of my my brothers you know uh, Elohim Elohim Tucker Shout out, big dog. The lock is open. You already know how we do. <laughs> he and I were locked up together, and we, we started like this kind of motto of like saying the lock is open. So like when you're in the feds, you have a locker. You mm-hmm. keep your combination. You don't want anybody running up in your shit. But he and I, we gave each other our combination. Mm-hmm. You ever hungry? Go in there, get a ramen, get a tuna sleeve, do your thing. It's all good. The lock is open for you, kid. And that became our thing oh, to oh, this yeah. day. Yeah. I'm godfather to his son. He's, he is to mine. Mm-hmm. Like That's my brother, right? Right. 
when he got out a few months after me, like, we're not supposed to associate. But had I not kept him in my circle, right. I don't know what the fuck would have happened. Right. You know what I mean? Because right. he, he, he got it. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he understood it. Anyway, I'm saying all that to say that, um, you know, when I got to the source with Selwyn and he told me to do the mob deep thing and then, and then I met Sean and he goes, yo, sometimes you got to burn the bridge. Mm-hmm. Like, I, from that point is where I really never looked back. Mm-hmm. I went to the Red Cross, resigned, and they were cool about it because I would always talk about, like, writing and creativity right. and I used to rap and I right. used to do this and they were like, mm-hmm. oh. So when I turned in the letter, they were like, no, man, listen, it's all good. And then, you know, like, honestly, like, the rest is history. Like, after that, they hired me, like, staff writer. That made me reevaluate. Do I stay in college and get out of here with a degree in English mm-hmm. and then maybe get hired to do research for somebody or yeah. some shit like that? Yeah. Or do I take a job at a national magazine with my name on the masthead every month? <laughs> Which yeah. is what most people get their English degrees for anyway. You know what I'm saying? I'm already there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I, so I did that. I rocked out at the source for... Uh, I worked my way up for three years, and then and then I became editor in chief. You know, wow! And that was that sort. was yeah, that was a lot of fun. You know, that I'm geeking crazy. out over here. Yeah, I'm just, I was like, I'm just like oh. yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. That, you know, I, I don't I don't believe in glory days being in my past because mm-hmm. fuck that, I'm still relatively young, mm-hmm. even though I started when I was eight years. Old. <laughs> so, so, you know, so so my glory, my glory days, I try to keep them in the present. Right. You know. But but I had a lot of fun at the source, man. I learned a lot. I, I hope I taught a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, but here's the thing, as it relates to you know screenwriting, mm-hmm. um, my my passion had always been TV, TV and then yeah. film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. TV and film had always been my passion. So even when I was doing the source, like I sold, I sold a show to MTV called called uh, Station Zero. It aired at Station Zero. We pitched it as Channel Zero, mm-hmm. and they they liked it. Obviously, they bought it. Excuse me. We pitched it as a weekly, but when they bought it, they were like, we want you to turn it into a daily strip. What? And, 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 <laughs> wow. and I'll tell you this. It happened the same weekend. Like, I got promoted to music editor on a Friday, mm-hmm. right? And music editor at the source is pretty much, even though in terms of, in terms of rank at the time, you weren't necessarily second in command, but you, you're the fucking music editor of yeah. a music magazine, so you mm-hmm. got juice. Mm-hmm. You're like, you're, you're that person. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I got promoted to music editor on a Friday knowing we had this pitch meeting at MTV on Monday and then they essentially bought the pitch in the room. So all of a sudden, oh, and oh, and they wanted to strip it into a daily, like a daily strip. Mm-hmm. So I went from a crazy workload at the source to getting this TV show and they wanted 20 episodes done, like written and starting production in four months. So we basically banged out 20 episodes in four months wow. of a half an hour little Man. sitcom mm-hmm. like cartoon. Mm-hmm. That was my intro to TV. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I had always kind of been looking... What do they call it? The parachute? I had kind of been looking for my exit from the source mm-hmm. at a certain point. Gold so parachute. like if I stick yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. So my thing was if I stick around at the source, but the source is not going to get into like scripted TV, right. my day's a number. Yeah. Right. So I got to figure this out. And so, um, But I you know, love the fact that just in your journey, mm-hmm. you, you seem to get to this point where you know it's time to go. And some people oh, yeah, get each time, get, right? Some, and some people get in his position and just get comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I'm here. I'm gonna stay yeah, here. I'm sure you had a great salary. Yeah, you were like, invited uh, to hey, all the parties. I get you were, music. You know and you know who we call those people? Creative development people. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? And by the way, thank you for, for mm-hmm. jumping in with that question because mm-hmm. otherwise I'd have kept going. No, 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 <laughs> I'm high on coffee like, right no, now. No, this like is one of them shows. We'll no, go for two hours. It's like he just knows. Like you know, there's something that that creative push 
something in you is like yeah. intuitively moving you to your spaces where mm-hmm. you're supposed to be. Well, you know, like I, I had started telling you guys that I had been creative since I was little. Sure. So I was always drawing. I was always writing. Mm-hmm. Then when I started emceeing, I think I was like 13. So I couldn't go to a party and not get on the mic. Right. So now when I'm working at the source, I'm like, damn, am I going to keep rapping? Because like, are these MCs mm-hmm. going to really be okay with the fact that an MC is mm-hmm. reviewing them? They're going to be mm-hmm. like, oh, nigga, you hate and you exactly, can't just be, exactly. you can't dis- like not like my record because you want to. So this was yeah. a real decision for me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I spoke to like my inner circle of friends, my man Riv, uh, my boy Tramp again, like, yo, fellas, I don't know what to do. Oh, you could do both, you know, and and so it it was a struggle for me. And then being at the source six years and not writing songs, not doing mm-hmm. music, that was a very real thing for me. Mm-hmm. Like That's a long like, time. Like like to this yeah. day, mm-hmm. to this day, I can't listen to a hot beat like a sick ass fucking beat. And in my head, I'm already writing. I was mm-hmm. never really good at freestyling. I never really practiced <laughs> yeah, yeah, that right, shit. Yeah, yeah. But I can't hear it. In my head, I'm already like, oh, my God, I will murder this beat. <laughs> 40-something years old. Like, I still, you know, I still get that fire. Like, I got nice. 16. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so being there six years, to me, felt like, okay, here you go. When I made the decision, you know, it was a, it was a confluence of events. Mm-hmm. And, and I could sum it up by telling you that I made my decision right around September 11th. Mm. Real talk. Mm. Mm. 9-11 happened. and You were there. You were still in New York? I was in New York, absolutely. So 9-11 happened. And at that point, I wasn't super thrilled at being at the source anymore. Like, I love coming to work. I love my staff. The shit was fun. Mm. I'm on TV every other fucking day. Stifle. Rapper so-and-so gets arrested. Carlito, can you blah, blah, blah. I'm I'm doing all kinds of the fun, you know, the velvet ropey fun shit, right? Mm -hmm. I'm I'm, I'm doing all of that. Um, But... I don't know. Like I kept thinking about, like I know it sounds hokey and overly romantic, but I could not, I couldn't stop thinking about how many fucking people went to work. For example, at Cancer Fitzgerald, at one of those offices, mm-hmm. hating their job. That That's right. Like yo, I hate this fucking job. Mm-hmm. I should have been an ice skater. I should have been this. I should have been that. That's right. And then they saw that plane coming to that window and yeah. were like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. And 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 that was it for me. Yeah. Real talk. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I ain't doing this shit no more. Mm-hmm. And I told uh, I told the owner, Dave Mays, I told him like, Yo, kid, I'm out. And Ray Benzino was his partner, and that yeah. you know, my man, yeah. my man. And yeah. I was like, Yo, yo, did Zino, you give him a two weeks? You I'm just out. said, no, 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 no. Like, I didn't want to do that to them because it's a really challenging mm-hmm. position. And then you got to bring somebody in who can yeah, really handle it. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't really be on some, you know, the source to us. I'm sure you guys can relate. Um, and maybe even concur. Like, it's a generational institution for yes. us, man. Like, that shit is a, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. like I'm a little bit sad at what's happened to it since then. Mm-hmm. I still have my old copies from the old day when it first <laughs> no, came out. You know what like, man. like, it was a real thing for You're us, right. you know? And so I didn't want to just be out. Like, that's not my mm-hmm. style. I feel mm-hmm. like I really put my stamp on that. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make sure. So what I did was, because, you know, I'm, I'm a Scorpio, so I got to be overly dramatic. <laughs> so I was like, all right, so listen. So we got the 150th issue coming in about six months. That's gonna be my exit. I want to go out. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I want to go out with a with a with a boom. So, yes. so I was working towards my exit, mm-hmm. and the original plan was to like stay on as a consultant for just source entertainment. Period. Right. The magazine, the TV show, the blah blah blah, the mm-hmm. any other stuff they wanted to do, and we rocked for like another six months. I was a consultant, nine months. Mm-hmm. It didn't work out. Those are still my people's. They mm-hmm. went their way. I went mine. Right. But um, oh, so the analogy that that I kept thinking about during the nine eleven thing was, ever since I was a little kid, I've been in the parade. Like to me, hip hop and creativity, like that's the parade. Like mm-hmm. like that's the actual right. Right. 
Ever since I was a kid, I was in the parade. And when I got to the source, so there's three kinds of people in the, in, involved in a parade. Really four. There's the people who, who march in it. Right. Mm-hmm. There's the people who watch it go by on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. And there's the people who who clean up the elephant shit afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got the, and then you got the and then you got the people that put the whole shit together. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. right. And I felt like all this time being at the source, um, I'm cleaning up elephant shit. Mm. All due respect to this rapper or that rapper, but right. like the story started getting really boring to me. Everybody mm-hmm. had the same shit to say. Repetition. Yo, shit was struggle. You know, I just wanted to rap because I, 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 I had no choice. I was on that grind. And yes. all of that, I had yes. no choice shit. Just, I, you know, I can't fuck with that. You yeah. Know? And, so, and so I felt like, so, okay. So I used, to, I used to write raps. I used to tell stories. I used to do murals. Mm-hmm. So I had a story to tell. Mm-hmm. And for the last six years, I have not been telling my story or the stories mm-hmm. of like my peoples around me. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been helping other people tell their story, mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, I'm done. Fuck all that. Mm-hmm. Let me get back in the into the parade. Right. And that's it. And it has been. You pointed out Hilliard earlier that yo, you must have been getting good money. But yes, brother, I was. It was mm-hmm. a hell of a fucking six figure salary. Yeah. Like I said, I'm well, on well, TV well. every other Where day. Where my ten percent? <laughs> Yo, it was. Where's my one percent? Forget the ten percent. Where my pimp fees at? Listen, man, it, 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 was, it was sweet. It was. A, yeah. It was a great. It was a great life, mm-hmm. and I. Uh, my family thought I was insane. Hey, Your family's all, yeah. Are you yeah. crazy? Yes. And I'm like, ah. Uh, and, uh, and come it, to family cook, and they just look at you like, yeah, man. And I could safely say that, uh, you know, I could have been a little bit, a little bit more strategic. Sometimes a little bit more ruthless, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been it's been a roller coaster, but the last, I would say the last three years, you know what? It's all good. It's all good. I, think, I can I, I can keep trying to turn though, back yeah. the clock and be like, damn, I wish I never would have. No, no, Like I'm exactly where yeah. I belong. Yeah. So That's it's right. All good. That's right. Think about That's right. this, Carlito. Yeah. I mean, think about how many editorials you've written over all those years. You know, it's almost like how many scripts have you written to the? It's the same thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's a different. It's it's slightly different. Uh, not a voice, but it's a slightly different way of write, a way of using mm. your writing. Mm. But it's still the same. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's still the same. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you do that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You write those articles all the time. Different venues and different things that you you're still writing. You're still doing your thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're still voice flexing. Out there. And you got to be concise. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So just working that. By the time you got the scripts, I bet your mm-hmm. your scripts are clean. Mm-hmm. I, I you know? try, man. I try. I really try. I know when I first started you know sometime in the late like 90s um i remember i was working on this one project and uh it was about it was it was basically it was it was like a like a hill street blues or like an nypd blue but mm-hmm. rikers island okay like mm-hmm. just like okay. the daily lives of the COs. Mm-hmm. one of my brothers is a, was a co he retired <laughs> on rikers island and I, and I had just come home from prison mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a different environment for me because i came mm-hmm. out of the feds but he's dealing with a big ass city jail right. and he was telling me some of the stories that would just have me dying every night like damn lou and you know you know one day i go you know what man i think i'm gonna do that and i put together this little bible mm-hmm. had the beats for the pilot this is mm-hmm. in the 90s and I'm, I'm, I have no idea how to pitch this, but mm-hmm. fuck it. We're going to figure this out. Right. And I'm on the subway, and I start seeing ads for Oz, HBO. Mm. And I was like, what's Oz? <laughs> You're like, damn it. Did you hear about, uh, pri- did you hear about Prison Town? <laughs> and then when it came out, I was like, oh, this is mad hyperbole. This is fake, blah, blah, blah. But mm. who gives a shit? It was entertaining ass, right. big ass drama, right. a la Empire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, so, so I was trying to take a little bit of... Uh, 
a little bit of what I was learning in journalism mm-hmm. and apply it to screenwriting. But I, you know, like 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 all of us, my first scripts were wordy as hell. Yeah, <laughs> man. Five pages. And everything. And then he then he puts his hand on the knob and turns it slowly. Nobody went here all that. Nobody wants to that. Describe the outfit. I know the outfit. He has on boots with a. Nobody cares. I was describing the smoke curling from the lip and the cigarette. <laughs> he went to Home Depot and bought uh, Red Number Thirty Eight, and then he took it to the. Oh, nobody like, yeah, gives we on page a page thirty, and nothing happened. Yeah, I have, a, um, oh, I have a. I have a. I don't know. Did you hear about Prison Town with um, Dennis Haysbert? Did you hear about that? They Prison didn't pick it up. Is that a new show? It was a show that they did. It was interesting because it was about how a, a private jail comes to this town because the town becomes the jail. That's Brillstein right there. Oh, okay. They need to do that. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's, that's becomes, of the time. That, yeah. becomes the, that becomes the town. Everybody in the town works at the jail. Exactly. And that he, the warden's actually like the mayor because he runs... The oh, town. I did hear about that. Well, his, well, his, his was, how long ago was that? This like they tried to sell it this year. Yeah, it was this past year. Oh, that's yeah, crazy. See, that's of its time. Seriously, yeah. like, like so. For, so, for example, I was in the feds, right? So, at various spots, some of these prisons in the nineties were brand spanking new, mm-hmm. right? And then one of the jokes that we would have amongst ourselves was like, so they're building these towns like in Western PA, yes. West mm-hmm. Virginia, like different places like that, right. where mm-hmm. you know, real talk, none of these. None of these white dudes out there had ever been exposed to people of color. No. You know, hardly any black people, mm-hmm. African Americans, definitely no Latinos. Yeah. And if they no. were Latino, they were Mexican all right. the time. That's right. right. So we would go to these places, and like the joke for us would be like, you know, the fucking coal miners are coming. Because to us, the CEOs were all coal miners. You know, and, and so you would have that tension because a lot of them just didn't, didn't, never been right. exposed to right. like what we about, you know. Right. But that's. I think that's of its time. So Orange is the New Black, right? I don't mm-hmm. watch it much, but that's a private prison, is it not? Um, I think it is a private yeah. prison. I could have sworn it was yeah. a private prison. And I'm like, that's dope because they're making a statement about it without the show being the that's right. about that. That's right. And that's but you can bring cool. those characters in to that's talk about cool that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I want to ask you about something that you continually, it's, you've got so much to talk about. It could be a show on its own. Okay. But you're talking about this is when, therapy, by the way. <laughs> no, no, if, if shit is recurring, is because I'm working. But it you out know what? Here. I like that you said that because now let's just let's just be real about this. People are enamored with the fact that you were incarcerated. Mm-hmm. They're enamored with the, oh, he's hardcore. He's you know he's from New York. He's hardcore. Whatever, whatever. He's in. But when you talk about and you're kind of going Luch over is in it. prison right now. Ooh. <laughs> well, but you but but the internally how you felt. Internally, how you people don't understand that PTS. They don't understand mm-hmm. how you have to dig into that. They don't understand how you're trying to live your life, and you're just like stuff. You don't understand what's affecting you right. about your life and about that experience coming in. The people just gloss over that because they don't understand as you deal into that. And thank God, I wish more people of color would do therapy, but they don't. Right. Uh, they'd rather have diabetes and hypertension about it. But anyway, right. um, go to the pastor who's but, I mean, I'll go. You know what? You know, I, told, I had to tell somebody last week. I know you think Jesus got an office on Crenshaw, but he don't. Use, use the tools that he's given you and go to the therapist. He don't got an office on Crenshaw because how's that working out for you? Which has him still beating your ass. All right, get some practical shit up in your piece. But um. The fact that that's a that's a big like you can get swallowed up by that 
by the adoration that people have for that, mm. as opposed to you. I got to really, I got to really work no, no, this no, no, out no, no, for myself. No, 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 no. Right, right. I got to dig down for myself, and you have the outlet of writing to dig down and do right. that and be therapeutic. I know right. the children of um, Tindu. Tindu, yeah. He talks about that. He yeah. talks about how oh, that's my man. The, the children of Tindu. Oh yeah, they. How yeah, they get you a fucking therapist and don't take this home to your partner or whoever you got because they just can't handle all the stuff. So what you're saying is, you know, especially with creative people, I think they have PTSD too because yeah. you got to walk in and be told your shit is shitty. Yeah. Um, yeah, shitty, shitty, bang, yeah, bang. Shitty, shitty, bang, bang. We just did a, we did a podcast about self-validation. Oh, yeah, I was listening to that. And you got to have that. You got to have that within yourself. And the strength that I think that you're, you're kind of passing over, I wish we could really get into that but the strength that you're passing over uh, the journey you had to get to get to where you are in the mindset and how life is fluid and you're mm-hmm. always learning mm-hmm. i Absolutely. think like you know when you're saying um like fuck this i don't need this it's like you know you that was a thing you might not have articulated like i'm learning about life mm-hmm. but people don't they stay stagnated but mm-hmm. life is always fluid and you got to grab that lesson while you're learning it yeah. and i think it's such a big part of what you're mm-hmm. saying without articulating that and i think people need to hear need to know that right right, right. well thank right. you man i mean so so i mean for me so, so I gave you guys. Is I'm fucking running my mouth, but it, it, it's broad strokes. Right? We just having a conversation. So, yeah, this yeah, is not right, a. Right, so right, I, right, I appreciate right. that, right? So it's broad strokes. So the whole thing with prison, right? I was telling you guys that I was always creative. I was never a knucklehead, mm-hmm. right? I don't, I don't, I don't get into the whole street cred shit. I'm not a gangster. I never was mm-hmm. a gangster. That just was not my thing. Mm-hmm. I started off by saying you grow up in a certain environment and you expect it to hold your own. Like my parents were not fucking around. What? Somebody smacked you in school? I'm taking your ass down to school tomorrow <laughs> exactly. and you're going to whoop That's him the out. generation we grew up in. Fucking you up when yeah. you get back. Right. So it was my mom's a hard-ass Dominican woman. Nobody, you better, before they, if they look like they're going to hit you, you bust them open. <laughs> right? My father, the same thing. My two big brothers, the same thing. So, you know, it's like around that. My sister, Shorty, Elwody, I love you. You already know. We close in age, like a year and a half. Even she was the same way. A year and a half older than me. Come on, we're going to go to school and we're going we gonna to put the beats on this dude. Or we're going to rush his ass. A chick. Right? So you grew up in that certain environment. But that doesn't mean... Right, but that doesn't mean... Like, to me, it's this kind of weird uh, 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 fucking acceptance of social deviance kind of thing, right? Right. Where it ain't like my parents are giving me guns. They weren't idiots, right? Right, right. But one day... Me and my sister in the house, we were teenagers, my mom was already dead. We're in the house chilling, watching TV, and my father strolls in, fucking whistling a happy tune, and goes in his drawer and pulls out a 357. I didn't even know this shit was in there, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And he loads it, puts it in his belt, and we're like, pop, what the fuck? Hmm. Nah, your older brother got into some words with this fucking dude, this white boy. He thinks he's tough. Da, da, da. I'm going to go over there and make sure he's straight. And we're like, <laughs> wait a fucking minute. So you grow up around that and it becomes uh-huh. your right. normal. That's right. right. That's right. right. I wasn't Absolutely. looking at it like, you know, so we just shrugged our shoulders. Like, right. all right, cool. We expect everything to be all right. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't do that now. Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. I was 13 years old going in subway tunnels in New York City. Like, subway tunnels with, tra- oh, here comes the train, y'all. And you duck get aside, you duck in, so the train doesn't hit you. Uh-huh. Well, I catch my my son is eighteen, and I catch yeah. his ass in a subway tunnel, and I'm gonna put it on. You see what I'm saying? Like, you see what I'm saying? So, right, so, right. You know, so the whole thing with the street cred and this and that, the other. Listen, 
again, I was rapping. Mm-hmm. I, I did shows in Miami at 15. They used to let me into the adult clubs because, you know, I was okay with the MCing. Mm-hmm. Um, in Philly, I did a few shows. Like, like I was always doing my thing, mm-hmm. you know? With the graffiti, I had a little reputation in that world. So I was always creative, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I had plans. My boy Tramp, who I mentioned earlier, <clears throat> he and I met senior year of high school. He went to a Catholic school. I went to this gutter-ass high school um, <laughs> just to finish. And that was my boy, uh. right? Tramp was this white dude or is this white dude who was just like a fucking pioneer. Like, he would just be adventurous. Yo, there's a party in West Philly, blah, 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 blah. And some of the other fellows would be like, man, I ain't going to West Philly. Because like our neighborhood was like mixed Latino and black, mm-hmm. really Puerto Rican. I was like mm-hmm. one of the few Dominicans there. Mm-hmm. So like mixed like Puerto Rican and black, but mainly more Puerto Rican mm-hmm. in North Philly, Hunting mm-hmm. Park, North Philly. Party in West Philly, y'all, let's go. And this is the white dude. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't like a wigger. He wasn't like this dude that was like, yo, what up, right. son? Like, he was just a regular sounding. <laughs> right. But he was just real hip, had crazy flavor, used to dance, used to do mm-hmm. art and graffiti. Mm-hmm. What's up, y'all? Y'all want to go? And nobody would go. And I'd be like, fuck that. Let's go. Because I'm into hip hop. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to just be like a cultural kind of like ambassador. So that was Tramp. So when I got into the hustle game, I did it. And again, this sounds really woe is me, like a rapper or some shit. (laughs) Honestly, y'all, like, that had never been my thing. Like, Mm -hmm. there was no real need for it. Mm -hmm. My little girl was about to be born. Um, Times were real tough. I had just lost my financial aid. I was going to Temple University. I had just lost my financial aid. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in the Army. I got a medical discharge. I was trying to go back um, through the ROTC program. So once I lost financial aid, I couldn't keep going to college. Mm-hmm. And um, like, put it to you like this. Like, shit was bad. So basically, we were eating. My girlfriend was staying with me. We were eating... I was eating fucking Wick cereal for like three months. Mm. That sounds like an exaggeration, but I'm not exaggerating. Mm. It was like that, mm. right? Mm. Every now and then, I scrape up a couple of dollars doing some artwork, a t-shirt, a jacket design for somebody, mm. a couple hundred bucks. I buy her a cheesesteak, and I would send her to her parents' house every evening. Go to your parents' house and eat. You mm. should come with me so you can eat. I was mortified by that shit. I'm mm. not doing that. That's crazy right. embarrassing. Like, you pregnant? Like, I'm not that guy. Just mm. go, right? My boy Hayes who me, him, and Tramp are the ones that started the comic strip in the source a couple mm-hmm. years later. Mm-hmm. My boy Hayes was working in a bakery, right? This bakery in Logan, which is right next to kind of like Omni, juxtaposed to Hunting Park in Philly, right? North Philly, Logan, right? Working at a bakery. Hayes is a Puerto Rican dude. Hayes, every other night, would come back to my crib with day-old bagels. Mm. Yo, we about to throw these away, man. Here you go, get something to eat. I'm getting fucking choked up talking about this, but this shit was real. That's right. right. And then one day, one of my dudes, man, my fucking brother to this day, Baby137, you know, well-known graffiti writer from New York who had moved to Philly as well. Mm. At the time, in the late 70s, mid-80s, it was this exodus of like New York people moving to Philly yeah. thinking <laughs> it was a better place. We <laughs> <laughs> gonna make it better. And if you've shit. ever been to Philly, yo, aside man. from Center City. Yo, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> I, I know I keep hitting y'all with the sidebars, but my first day in high school in Philly my first day in high school in Philly, you know, I got New York attitude. I'm this dude. I didn't have I didn't have gym equipment. It was yeah. my first day in my first day there. They put us in a niggas be going to the chip. Yo, I ain't putting on no shorts. Yo, they put us in a fucking cage. In a cage and locked the door. Like literally like a bullpen, like when you're in jail. So it's just a bunch of teenage boys there, and I'm sitting there all mad at the world. Like you fucking Philly man, this place, man, one horse town. Cause I'm from New York, it's a big city. Man, I don't know what's up. These dudes are probably all lame out here. Next to me was this Puerto Rican dude and a black dude. 
And one of them is regaling the other with a story of a fucking shootout he got in the day before. Yo, kid. So, I, Or not kid, because they don't talk like that over there. But like, yo, man. So I jump out the car and the boy... The, the boy, that's how they say in Philly. The boy pulled a joint out on me and started dumping. I pulled out my joint. Bing, 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 bing. I hit this motherfucker like five times. And I was like, yo, I'm in high school. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So, and this right. is gym time. I'm like, okay, so this is Philadelphia. This is where I'm at, you know? Um, so so like I said, so when, when uh, my man Baby came to me one day, and goes, yo, listen, man, I know you kind of going through the struggle a little bit. I know mm-hmm. times is tough. He was having a baby at the same time. We all young dudes, 19, 20, having kids. Mm-hmm. That shit was like, I think that Generation X is that is that demarcation line of half my friends were all having kids at 19, 20. And it wasn't a big deal. Oh, you having a baby? Dope. No big deal. We're going to mm-hmm. throw the shower. We're going to have fun. Mm-hmm. And the other half of my friends were seeing the future and going, mm-hmm. you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> like, like one of my dudes from back then, your life is over. Okay. Yo, he didn't have a kid until like 38. Mm-hmm. So we were all looking at him like, damn, yo, you did it. And he's like, yeah. now I'm ready to have a kid. Right. Yeah. Right. So my man, baby, basically goes to me and says, yo, do you want to make a little extra bread? You know, because I know you trying to stay clean. You're not trying to fuck with none of this. Mm-hmm. Jump into this thing with me, blah, blah, blah. I'm holding this spot down over here. I don't want to give away too many details, you know, it's whatever. But <laughs> I remember that that first day, here you go. This right. should have been a fucking sign. But, right. you know, apparently I like the drama so I can tell some stories. <laughs> <to me. laughs> so, so he gives me this package. He goes, you know, take this over here to so-and-so address, right? So I walk to this spot. I'm, you know, Philly has a lot of, like, like row houses and yeah. whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I get to this spot. And they got steps leading up to the entrance, but where I was going was the basement apartment, which was ground level. Mm. So there's a hedge separating the steps from Mm. the ground level basement. So I go to the basement, I'm knocking on the door, and as I'm waiting, I hear two voices on the porch right above me. And they're kind of whispering loud, it's broad daylight, it's no big thing. This is like when the the drug game was like open air markets out there. Mm -hmm. And these two dudes are talking. I remember a black dude, Puerto Rican dude. And they're talking, and I hear the Puerto Rican dude go, all right, so it is, man, you know, a couple ounces. And then the black dude goes, all right, all right, good looking, you know, or thanks. All right, that's what's up, that's what's up. And then then all, all I heard was, yeah, nigga, you know what it is. And the Puerto Rican boy goes, oh, word, word, motherfucker, that's how you gonna do me? Be easy, and the black dude, be easy, be easy, you know what it is, cuz, you know what it is. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I can't see because of the hedge. And when I peeked down, apparently the black dude came down. This dude is holding a 38 on a Puerto Rican boy on the porch. Wow. And then he sees me and jerked the gun towards me. And I'm like, yo, I'm, I got shit to do with that kid. I had a half a brick in my backpack. Wow. <laughs> this dude is robbing this cat for a couple ounces. If he'd have known what, what I had what? in that backpack. It's like the movie uh-huh. Dope. If I feel he, like I'm reliving Dope all over again. I had a half again. a brick in my joint, and I'm like, if this motherfucker knew what I got in yep. this bag right now, it he is, gonna, he it is, yeah, it is pop beneath dope for yeah. me. Yeah. And he was like, just chill, yo, chill. And I'm like, none of my business, homie. And I just put my head down and was like, wow, close call. That was my first day in the game. <laughs> and I went home that night like... <laughs> What am I, I don't know, man. What I don't know. Doing? Yeah, I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so so I did that shit for like six months, nine months. You know, I didn't want to be the dude on the corner. I basically was like, you know, let me count money for y'all. Like, like let me just organize this whole shit, right? Mm-hmm. I remember that one day, I was sitting with Tramp, who never got into the game. He stayed creative. We, I'm still doing creative shit with him, doing t-shirts, we're doing jackets, we're doing mirrors. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still making my right. like my like my bones like that. And I was talking to him because I had just met this Colombian cat, mm-hmm. right? 
Colombian dude who was crazy connected with like a direct pipeline, whatever. And mind you, at this point, I have no aspirations to be a drug dealer. I'm just like making my little... It wasn't even a lot of money. I'm embarrassed to see how much I was making. Mm-hmm. But I'm not bullshitting when I tell y'all I was paying my bills. That's it. Mm-hmm. Paying my bills. I'm not buying jewelry. I'm not buying a flashy car because I didn't get into it for that. Right. I got into it because I got tired of giving my girl fucking wick mm-hmm. and eating bagels. <laughs> right, right. And now we can go to the movies anytime we want to. Now we got the baby coming so I can buy a crib and all right, that flash right. shit. And I remember I was talking to Tramp. It was like summertime, like May, June. And I'm all gassed up because <clears throat> I'm talking about this this Colombian dude. Yo, Tramp is going to be crazy. Like, this dude got the direct line. I can get work straight from him. Cakes straight up. Probably going to give them to me for X amount of money. I'm about to blow up. And Tramp, my fucking boy, looked at me and was like, hold on a second, man. Hold the fuck on a second. So that's it then? So all this shit we've been doing and all you want to be is a fucking drug dealer? Yo, fuck you, see? Really? And walked away from me. And I was like, wow. Yo, fuck you, man. You don't know my life. You don't know my struggle. <laughs> you don't know. You know, right. I got into that what right. was me bullshit, right? right? right. Not looking at the bigger picture. Right. And to this day, I still call that time in my life the stupid stage for mm-hmm. me because I might have read a couple books here and there. Mm-hmm. Like, I would be the dude on the corner reading a fucking novel, <laughs> right? And the other dudes would be like, Come on, you with your fucking books. No bullshit. Like, right. come on with the fucking books. But then when they need questions answered, Yo, Lido, mm. how you, you smart? spell dog? You smart, you know this, right? <laughs> right, right? So me and Tramp didn't talk for like two, three days, and then I really fucking thought about it. Wow. And this was a time in Philadelphia, man, where no lie, like every weekend we would go out, and every single weekend or every other weekend, I was saying this to my girlfriend, um, Leah Benavidez, y'all, she's an ill fucking writer. I need to, I need to not stop playing. I'm, I, I, say, say, I just want to say. Say something for the front. Yeah, say, say. <laughs> I'm enjoying this conversation. Look, I, was, I was thinking about it. Trip this. I, I never think, told her none of this, by the way. But see, look. I've been, I've been she fronting. Is, I, she's I, I've been yeah, acting, hold on, hold on. No, hold no, on. no. I've been acting like I got a fucking USC degree film. Hold on, hold on. But see, here's the, here's the trick, Carlito. I was tripping on... Because I'm one of those people, I'm always like observing everything. It's just what I do. I study people. And I'll, I've been tripping off on her body language going, how much of this story does, does she know? <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she's really, yeah. We're watching like, it. She's she learning like, while we're learning some shit. Uh, am I going to have tired. to shoot this motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's tired. Nah, it's she's good. Like, she's he's probably, like Michael Corleone. <laughs> not at all. No nah, you being real, dude. I'm probably tired that. of hearing these shits, man. Nah, you being real. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. That's what's up. So, so uh, yeah, like I didn't speak to Tram for like three days. And then and then uh, this was a time in Philly where we would go out every weekend and um it was it was wild man it was like every weekend oh there's a party here like you just know in your brain well it's gonna end up in a brawl we're gonna get into a fight mm-hmm. or somebody's gonna get popped mm-hmm. and um a lot of a lot of my people's man a lot of my people's got laid down mm-hmm. a lot of dudes died a lot of fucking people died it was like every other weekend was a funeral i'm not even exaggerating mm-hmm. like every other weekend somebody's dead this one's banged out this one got 30 years it was just insane and um I don't know, like, I was, real talk, I was looking at my little girl, you know, she was months, a few months old, um, and, uh, and, um, I don't know, man, it sounds hokey, it sounded hokey to a couple of the cats that I said it to, I don't want to do this shit no more, man, she's going to kill us all, and I said to Tramp, <laughs> yo, man, you right, man, you right, I'm mm-hmm. fucking up, right, right. Let's, right, let's, let's, right, let's get our shit going, <laughs> right. and then the universe is awesome, because, like, Within a week or two, another one of my friends was working asbestos removal and like Mm. construction and shit like that. And at the time, that shit was paying like $25 an hour, which which was more money 
that I was making hustling. Mm-hmm. So my first paycheck, I was like, yo, I just made like three times as much legally. Right. Benefits and shit. Right. <laughs> so then, I, so then I, I started doing that. And mm-hmm. I, you know, and then like a year and a half later, the Fed started these big ass sweeps and indictments yep. and what have you. And, uh, mm-hmm. and one day I got a knock on the door because a couple cats... That I used to run with couldn't couldn't fucking couldn't hold their weight. Couldn't couldn't okay. shut your mouth. Yeah. So, so eighteen so about eighteen months after I got out the game, you know, they wow. fucking came and found me. Yo, see, hold on, I'll ask you a question. What? Because it's difficult for people to separate that, you know. So your boy was like, you know, you you tripping whatever. Was it your boy that, but from him saying, you want to be a fucking drug dealer? What made you go after three days? I don't want to do this. Because that's a that's the key. That's because the some key. people are are not strong enough yeah, to not fall into the street syndrome. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Do you know what made you go? No, this is not. No. You mean like back well, then? Well, he was saying his daughter. He, he was looking at his daughter. Well, he was looking at. Is that what made you say? But it's, no, he still didn't have the strength within himself to say because yeah. people got daughters and children. on like, yeah, I, no I need to, I need to pay for them. Yeah. yeah, it was a combination of shit. I mean, you know, I could give you the the, the 2015 answer, hindsight 2020. Oh, right. probably you know, reading a couple of psychology. Right, right, right. But like back then, it was um. You know, in all honesty, it was because like I always had a bigger plan. Okay. Like, like for example, like to make the decision to hustle, mm-hmm. I sat down with my girlfriend, and uh, you know, like uh, my mom's had just died a few years before that, mm-hmm. and I had always been a honor roll student. You know what I mean? Like, like I was an egghead. That's why I call myself a closet nerd because mm-hmm. I was I was always getting A's and A's and B's, A's and B's, A's and B's. Good student. Mm-hmm. We love them. Great. Blah, blah, blah. And I would get into trouble here, there, a fight here, there. And the teachers would be like, oh, my God, I'm so surprised at you. And I would be like, you have no idea the fucking shit that lurks in my heart here. Right, right. I don't know. Like, to me, like, there was no, for example, like, my mom's died. My pops is, you know, I love them. But it was, like, no big giant pressure to finish high school. Mm -hmm. But in my brain, it was like, I got to finish fucking high school. Right, right. So when I, so when I, um... When I made the decision to hustle, I was crying. Like I was like, "Yo, what would my mom say? Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck would she say? Like, she mm-hmm. came to this country. My mother used to fucking get up at five in the morning. That gonna have me crying here. Right. Mom used it's to get good. up at five in the morning to go work in a fucking factory sewing mm-hmm. to get home by seven to yeah, cook for me and my cook. sister and right. my brother right. to fucking finish cooking, smoke a little cigarette, you know, and then get." You have the sewing machine in the kitchen and keep fucking sewing yeah. to 10, 11 o'clock at night to do mm-hmm. that shit six days a fucking week. Mm-hmm. And then on Sundays, she's blasting the fucking music, mm-hmm. waking us up, cleaning the house mm-hmm. to then sew from about four in, four in the afternoon mm-hmm. to 10 o'clock at night. For mm-hmm. a better life for her kids. For a better right. life. That's yeah. right. Every now and then she will go out. She, she was killed uh, in a car crash on the way out to see my oldest sister's uh, mm-hmm. husband playing that mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. So she was, that was one of the rare Saturdays. I'm going to go out. Wow. She got killed in uh in uh you know. So 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 it was like a combination of things. You know okay. what I mean? Like I like I don't know, like like to me the hustling was like, okay, cool, so I'm making money. Mm-hmm. But like I sat down and said, so if my original intent was just to make money and kinda like pay the bills and whatever, then my other homie came with the parachute, like, yo, they I got the job, the asbestos joint. And I'm right. like, damn. And then right. a couple friends of mine, Puerto Rican cats, had gone off to um, college at like Howard, Cheney, um, Lincoln, mm-hmm, yeah. and they would, and they would. There was this big push, 
at historically black colleges at the mm-hmm. time to get in like more minorities. Right. Mm-hmm. Like to weirdly enough to diversify their student body right. to a certain point. Right. Hey, we need more Latinos. We mm-hmm. need more this. We need mm-hmm. more that. And my friends were getting full rides to like yeah. Lincoln, Cheney, Howard. Right. And I was like, what? <laughs> so here I am, this dude, 20 years old with a little girl and like going through all kinds of shit while half my friends are off the college. I'm right. going to Howard to hang out mm-hmm. on weekends. By the way, I'm meeting Diddy when he was at Howard, just promoting parties, just a regular cool ass dude. He probably don't remember that, but it was like, it was like that. It was like that cool ass like 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 environment where like the hip hop industry was about to really explode in six seven years after. So it was like it was like that. You know what I'm saying, Kev? It was like that kind of that kind of thing that that had me feeling like, damn man, like that's not the bigger picture. Like I got more things that I want to do. You know. Um, at the time, it's kind of weird, right? But at the time, MCing was still a huge part of that. Mm. Like, like I was always writing songs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was very much a part of the plan. You know, I'm I'm gonna get a show where I could get it, and you know, and catch a battle where I could catch it and do my thing. So that was still a big, mm-hmm. just the creative life. Mm-hmm. You know, should have been taking precedence. And when six months went by and Tramp called me out on that, mm-hmm. yo, I needed you to draw this thing. What happened? Nah, I was trying to do. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, after that point, I didn't want to sacrifice the creative for the thing. So, so when, I got, when I got backed up, it was a, it was a hurt piece. I can't lie. Because mm-hmm. it came out of nowhere. And I'm like, wait a minute. What? Mm-hmm. What? The feds got this thing? Conspiracy? What? So I don't have to get caught with anything. It's mm-hmm. just two or more people saying, yeah, that's the guy that was with us. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so I wound up doing five years for that. Wow. So while I was in there, that's my whole thing was, time. my whole thing was, well, all right, well, you know, this is this is pretty fucked up, but mm-hmm. I can't stop. So I kept reading, mm-hmm. you know. Writer's Digest became like my little college education mm-hmm. in writing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Writer's Digest wow. kind of thing. Um, the source, you know, this is pre-internet, pre... This is pre-hip-hop being on the radio on, on in the daytime on a regular mm-hmm. basis. So the source was like my way to check in. Mm-hmm. Um and so, and so, by the time I came home, I, I, you know, I had every, every intention of hitting the ground running. Like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a rap. I'ma still draw, mm. and then when the idea to write, that professor was like, "You should write," mm. and and it's been that man. So we got my man Carlito. He gonna take us out without the uh, the end title song. This gonna be my man Carlito giving us a little a little a little funky funky freestyle for us. <laughs> <laughs> can't call it a freestyle because I can't do that, and I haven't written a rap in a long nah, ass time. Just give us some bars. I give you a little something. Um, <laughs> I can recall when I was small, just this tall, my pops would drop jewels with rules and fist balls, list all the good and bad about being a young dad. Feel glad about the fun his son had, cause games were made for the youth. He smiled while his child went wild when his first tooth was traded for a quarter. Sometimes he sweat and sort to give some thought about how to support a family of five, stay alive and thrive through all the struggle. He'd always stress not the trouble. My life with a wife and child while a child still, cause ain't no thrills paying the bills, but I fill in the blanks. And then give thanks for the lecture. Pops, you my man, and you know I respect you. But I chose to start my own clan, a teenage rage and gaze like a grown man. I had a choice, but a voice spoke up when I erupted and told me don't interrupt it the coitus and boitus push came to shoving because of the loving I put a bun in the oven my girl was P-R-E-G-N-A-N-T her figure was full but the fridge was empty I was forced to be a source of currency be the boss pay the cost for her and me I couldn't pay bills if skills I lacked you see slave in a factory that shit was whack to me I did it mm-hmm. my way and walked down a white brick highway and every day was a Friday a payday because I stayed paid in my heyday packed to the gills with stacks of bills until the hard knocks of life's a hard knock 
knock on the front door. To put it blunt, all cops on the hunt for yours truly, because I was truly a mass in a mint. I couldn't take a hint, so I spent all the cheese I seized on not guilty pleas. I used to flip keys. Now all I flip is the calendar. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote that shit in 1991. <laughs> <laughs> that was a whole lap. I used to flip Nothing keys. Nothing but a calendar. Peace, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>